guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Hi. So today we're going to be talking about the taxi murder. Ooh, taxi. So, yeah. Taxi, taxi. <laughs> this happened in Singapore in 2009. Oh, that's kind of recent. I think this is our most recent case covered ever. Oh, really? I don't know. I can't remember. I think so. I mean, it's one of the more recent ones. Yep. So this is a armed robbery. Turned oh. into a brutal murder, oh. turned into a, a ransom type of situation. Let me introduce to you Wang Wen Feng. Okay. Now, Wang, we'll call him Wang, okay? Yeah. He is a Chinese national working in Singapore as a technician. Mm-hmm. And he's married, he has a wife. And his wife also works in Singapore in an electronics firm around Boon Lay, okay? Okay. And she lives in her workers' quarters, so she meets him, like, only once or twice a month. Ah, that's kind of sad, aw. Yeah, and Wang, right, he actually, um, in February of 2009, he got his, he just ended his work permit term, and Uh it wasn't renewed, it wasn't, he wasn't able to get it renewed. Mm -hmm. So in April 15, he had to be out of Singapore. Oh no, that's so sad. Yeah. Okay, so it's 10th April 2009 right now, okay? He lives with like three or four other people in a rental flat. Yeah. And so he asked one of his closest friends living with him like, Hey, I need to buy a ticket back home to China. Like, do you have um, $400 to spare for me to buy my ticket? Like, I swear to God, like when I get home, I'll give you back the money. Yeah. And the friend was like, I really don't have that much of money. But if you want, I can go around asking my friends for it. Yeah. And Wang was like, nah, that's okay. I'll find a way. And his friend was like, what do you mean find a way? Like how? And yeah. then Wang was like, I'm going to rob someone. Well, okay. Well, that's that escalated very quickly. Yep. You don't rob people, just no. Yeah. Yep. And so he packed a bag, right? A haversack. In his haversack, he had two knives, some cloths, a glove, cable ties, adhesive tapes, and nylon rope. And he packed it all in his backpack, put on his backpack, and he made his way to Sun Plaza to rob a money changer. Now, he changed his mind when he reached Sun Plaza, okay? Maybe he looked around, it was too crowded. The money changers well protected inside his little cozy yeah, shop. So the money changer sections are really well protected. Like, they're super Yeah, so enclosed. maybe all of those reasons kind of made him not want to do it anymore. So he was oh, just yeah, walking. Oh, yeah, good. Don't do it. He was just walking, right, around the area, along yeah. the road. And he just stopped for a minute to like, oh, man, like, I need to find a way to get home. I need the money. And a taxi driver pulls up to him, rolls down the window, and yells at Wang, hey, you waiting for a taxi? Do you want to hop in? Where do you yeah. want to go? And this taxi driver is Mr. Yuan Sui Hong. This we'll poor guy. Mr. Yuan for the sake of this podcast. This again. poor, poor, unfortunate little guy. Little did Mr. Yuan know that Wang would be the last passenger he ever takes. Now, Mr. Yuan is 58 years old and he's married and he has a son and he has been a taxi driver for 20 years. Oh, now, wow. he prefers the night shift. I don't uh-huh. know, it's just his preference, okay? So, yeah. it was night time right now. Yeah. 
Um, at this point, it was like 10th April night, going midnight, going 11 April early yeah, morning, yeah. okay? Okay. And so, Wang gets into the taxi and he was like, yeah, sure, like, just drive, I'll direct you. Yeah. And so, they just drove and drove and drove and drove and drove and drove and drove until finally, they reached like an extremely secluded, forested area deep, deep, deep in Sambawang. Oh, Sambang is very, very Forest secluded. Yeah, yeah, it's very... And so, you know, Wang finally said, okay, you can stop here. Yeah. And so, Wang kind of shifted to the seat right directly behind the passenger seat. Yeah. Took his trusty haversack backpack, put on his glove, grabbed one of the knives, and from the back seat, yeah. he pointed the um, knife towards uh, Mr. Yuan's chest uh-huh. and with the other hand he kind of held him down too yeah. and said that hey um, turn off the engine right now and give me all of your money and Mr. Yeah. Yuan was like okay okay you know okay yeah. and at this point right Mr. Yuan had his hand holding the Wang's hand with the knife away from him mm-hmm. so he was it was kind of like a push and pull kind of situation yeah and Wang just stabbed him in the chest. Wang just stabbed Why? Mr. Yuan in the chest. Oh, gosh. And he stabbed him once, twice. But he, he said okay him. to giving him the money. Yeah. In total, right, Mr. Yuan got stabbed five times. Why five? Yeah. Like, why Why did you have to keep going? Like, you, you just wanted the money. Yeah. He already said yes to the money. He didn't even resist that much. Mm-hmm. And so Mr. Yuan was just at this point unconscious and Wang got out of the driver's seat brought Mr. Yuan out carried him deep into the forested area and just dumped his body there Mm -hmm. he didn't even check if he was alive or dead you know Mm -hmm. he just dumped the body there went to the taxi and drove the taxi into a multi-story car park in Canberra Road Mm -hmm. Sengkang wow and just left the taxi there uh-huh. and then he used water in the water bottle to kind of like wash away all the blood stains uh-huh. there was blood stains on the windows on the front um screen of the car and on the sides of the well, car how did as he well. drive with blood on the, the yeah, sh- i mean the it was in, it was really midnight yeah. um 1 2 3 a.m at this point so uh-huh. it's really no one's around to see and it's really dark also okay so true. he was wiping everything up right yeah uh, but he ran out of water so he didn't do the best of job okay mm-hmm. so he just abandoned everything and he made his way home to shower mm-hmm. and so um here comes the part where it's 11th april 9 a.m where you know, uh, Mr. Yuan's wife is worried that he isn't home from his night shift yet. And so she repeatedly keeps calling Mr. Yuan's handphone. Mm-hmm. Now, before um, Wang goes home, right, he actually um, takes um, Mr. Wang's mobile phone, his yeah. wallet, and uh-huh. he cuts off the ATM machine in the taxi because he thought it was a GPS. <laughs> and so... That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> he cut it off and he went his... On his way to shower. Yeah. And he kept seeing, like, all these missed calls from Mr. Yuan's wife, right? So, he called back and said that, Your husband's with me. I kidnapped him. If you want him back, if you don't want me to hurt him, if you don't want me to kill him, bring me $150,000 at 5 o'clock today. Oh, wow. And he just hung up the phone. 
And Mrs. Yuan was really upset because yeah. she's not rich. They're really uh-huh. poor, you know? I mean, he's a taxi driver. Yeah. This is not the highest paying job. Yeah. And so she was really worried and upset and she didn't know what to do. So she approached Mr. Yuan's older brother, yeah. her brother-in-law, and he was. she was, you know, um, conf- confiding in him like, this, this, this happened, like, what the hell do I do? Yeah. And Mr. Yuan's older brother just, you know, suggested that immediately call the police, like, do not mess with this. Yeah. And so she got her son to call the police, and the police came down immediately, got everything, and they did not play, okay? They did not, like, mess around. They were like, a life is at stake here. Yeah. And immediately they were able to, you know, um, Mrs. Yuan told the police that it was actually a guy with a Chinese national accent. Yeah. And so they were like, okay, like, send all of our officers to places where Chinese nationals frequent at. Mm. And so they dispersed officers to stand around there and just to keep an eye for any suspicious behaviours. Okay. And then they also, like, went to look at the taxi's last seen GPS. Yeah. And they did, like, a radius around it. Yeah. Around it. And then yeah. they got officers deployed everywhere to just, like, keep looking for the taxi. Yeah. And so, they even got police into the forested areas, like army men, into the forested areas, just combing the forest for anything. Yeah. And so, finally, they found the taxi um, abandoned in Canberra Police, uh, Canberra Multi-Story Car Park. Yeah. And at this point, right, the police found the taxi at 11 a.m. Okay. So at this point, between the 9 a.m. phone call to the wife and 11 a.m. that the police found the taxi, yeah. our Wang was very, <laughs> very busy, okay? He tried to go into the forested area after his shower to throw away the backpack. Yeah. Backpack full of blood evidence. Yeah. But he threw it into a body of water, but it did not sink no matter how hard he tried to make it sink. Uh And so finally he gave up, he used the stick to drag it back out, and he walked deep, deep, deep into the forest and just abandoned the bag, and then went back to civilization. Yeah. Where at this point, you know, he was desperate, okay, because, you know, he did something bad. The police are going to find out, and he's feeling the pressure of it all. Mm Mm-hmm. And so he borrowed about $300 somehow from a friend, a friend, a friend, you know. Mm-hmm. He managed to get the $300 and he was going around, you know, um, traveling agencies trying to book a ticket. But they were all fully sold out. And so he then went all the way to Changi Airport to even try to get a flight. Wow. Yeah. He's desperate, desperate. But it was really expensive in Changi Airport. Obviously. So, so he couldn't get a flight. Yeah. And... At this point, 11am, we come back to the time where the police find the taxi abandoned. And, you know, the police found that the mat and the cushion of the taxi, along with the driver's seat, was just soaked with blood. Mm -hmm. And that under the driver's seat, there was a pool of blood. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so, you know, the police weren't so sure if, you know, uh, Mr. Yuan is even alive at this point. They were really worried because there's such a big loss of blood. Yeah. Yeah. And so they were really worried. So they really have, like, just on the clock. They said that it was a non-stop 60-hour um, operation. Wow. Yeah. So one called the wife again, called Mrs. Yuan again at 11 a.m. Yeah. asking for the money, saying that, okay, meet me here mm-hmm. at this time. And Mrs. Yuan was, like, begging and crying, saying, like, I don't have that much of money, please. We are really poor, like... 
he's just a taxi driver like he's the only like so earner yeah like please i beg you like don't do this um can i at least like you know um i can try my best to get eighty thousand dollars at least from friends families and relatives yeah and so he said fine i want you to be here at sengkang mrt station at 3 p.m with eighty thousand dollars at the mrt station really yeah. literally everyone's gonna be there <laughs> Yeah, and at this point, the police were everywhere. They were recording the phone call, and the police were like, with the family, with the family. Yeah. Yeah. So um, she said okay, and you know, time was going by, and then at three p.m. again, Wang called Mrs. Yuan, and you know, Mrs. Yuan was like, you know, I only managed to get um five thousand dollars. Like you didn't give me enough time. Like I need more time. Like please, yeah. I only have five thousand dollars right now. And so, he was like, you know what, fine, tomorrow at Masling MRT, you need to give me the full amount. Yeah. And so, she's like, okay, 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 like, thank you for this time. And it was 12th of April when she went to Masling MRT with the $80,000 and police were everywhere. I swear to God, this is like a freaking movie scene where, yeah. like, police are, like, in their <laughs> headphones just, like, around. And yeah. then, uh, like, ransom payer is there and yeah. the police are watching her. Yeah. And then she gets a phone call and it's Wong saying, like, I'm going to text you a bank account number right now. I need you to transfer the $80,000 into the bank account. Uh-huh. And Mrs. Yuan was like, I don't know how to do these kind of things. Like, I'm yeah. really old. Like, I really have no knowledge of this. And yeah. so Wang was like, fine then just you know learn learn how to do it and i mean i can't even imagine how the family must have been feeling at this point they must be just like so worried and just so like i don't know i can't imagine if it was roles reversed Mm -hmm. it's just such a horrible situation to be in i feel like one night he was completely fine like he always goes for this night you know all of a sudden that's it you know and to know that you know if you have this money he will be fine but the longer he is with this guy, you know, you don't know yeah. what kind of hurt, what kind of pain he's going through. Yeah. And I can't imagine fear. what the son and the mom must be feeling. Yeah. So, with the bank account number that he gave Mrs. Yuan, yeah. um, she gave it to the police and the police were able to identify, like, whose account is it. It was I actually... Mean, yeah, obviously. <laughs> it was actually in, a, in another person's name and this bank was a bank of china and the yeah. person was living in fujian uh-huh. and so that was the uncle of wang ah. so they managed to see like okay from his family is there anyone working in singapore and they yeah. identified that it was wang and oh. just so nice coincidentally this was 13th april by the way okay. um they got a phone call that you know remember i said that earlier on as soon as they got that it was a china national with the accent yeah they actually got officers um deployed all around the areas where they frequent in yeah and so one of them uh one of the places gave back a report saying that you know there's this one man trying to aggressively buy a ticket back to china mm-hmm and so they went down to the shop that made the report and they looked at the CCTV and it was wrong it matched the photo and everything matched and so this was at People's Park Complex Chinatown Mm -hmm. and so they were just walking around and they were like oh my god that's him that's him Uh and again like a movie scene the police were running and you know Wang was running and then the police from the other corners heard the shouting and yelling and they ran towards and they finally like cornered Wang and they arrested him on 13th April 2009 in Chinatown People's Park Complex 
Yeah. And now is the point where Mr. Yuan, you know, the family still think that they're he's alive. Oh no. Everyone had hoped that he's alive. So they thought that okay, with this man arrested, now they can lead you know, mm-hmm. them to Mr. Yuan being reunited with the family. Yeah, but oh. Yeah. And so, you know, as soon as they arrested, they interrogated him and he confessed that he immediately murdered Mr. Yuan, like, on the day itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't imagine how devastated the family must be because they had hopes. Yeah. And not only that, but they were in fear and they were forcing hopes onto themselves. Yeah. And then to find out that all of that was, was for, for nothing. nothing. Yeah. And on 17th of April, you know, finally, um, he brought them to show where the body was hidden. Mm-hmm. And it was just completely decomposed. It's like, what, six, seven days of uh, decomposition? Decomposition. It's been six days, yeah, since yeah. the murder. And then 10 days later, on 27th April, he went to show them where the weapon was. Mm-hmm. Where his bag was hidden. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy. All through the interrogation, he just kept saying it was an accident, it was an accident, I didn't mean to do it, I just wanted money to go back home. Well, yeah, five steps yeah. is an accident. I mean, exactly. I understand if one is, but yeah. five, no. Yeah, and so here we go, trial starts, right? And the his wife came on stand and claimed that, you know, his mother in China has stomach cancer and at one point he wanted to sell her organs to save her and when his um when his work permit did not get renewed yeah. he was really low and he was really upset and he wanted to kill himself by jumping in front of an MRT yeah yeah so but these are claims and the judge you know they reviewed everything and mm-hmm. you know um they said that you know what like it's it's okay that you didn't premeditate the murder mm-hmm. but you stabbed him more than once and yeah. you didn't um check to see if he was alive, you didn't perform any um, resuscitation services, you yeah. didn't CPR, you didn't do anything to try to help him after what you did. Yeah, you and just left him to die. And on top of all of that, you still had the audacity to ask for ransom from his family. Yeah. 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 So with all of that, he was finally, you know, found guilty and sentenced to death. Mm-hmm. But in 2013, he was resentenced to life in prison oh. with 24 strokes of cane because uh. I think at this point in the 2013-2010s um, there was kind of a changes to the law mm, where certain see, categories see. of murder instead of giving them a sentence to death you can just give them a life of imprisonment mm. yeah and I because see. this is not premeditated murder also yeah, so it's yeah. not like he had re- like vengeance, he held it against him and he went for Mr. Yuan for something. Yeah. It was just like at the moment, he was just like, oh shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So he's now in prison for life. Wow. Yep, that's it. What a crazy story. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it escalated so quickly from, oh, my work permit is cancelled, I need money, to I'm going to rob someone, yeah. oh shit, I killed him. To then asking for ransom. Yeah. I feel so bad for the family because, I don't know, this is almost like, he didn't do anything, Mr. Yun didn't do anything. He was yeah. such a nice taxi driver. He like, even said okay to, well, yeah. Like, hey, come in, you want to go anywhere, you know? Yeah. Such a sad story. Mm-hmm. It's so sudden. Yeah, he did not deserve this. 
rest in peace, Mr. Yuan. And I feel so bad for the family too. Mm-hmm. All the fear they had to go the through for the six yeah, days. It yeah. would have been just complete torment to like go through the roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, thinking he's worry, alive, then yeah. getting the money, the fear. Yeah, and not only that, but like, is he okay? You know, like, yeah. are they beating him up? Are they torturing him? Yeah. Yeah. But because of this, you know, Singapore stepped up their game to ensure that taxi drivers are very well taken care of mm-hmm. by having, like, GPS installed in the taxi and having, like, an emergency distress button. Oh, that's and so really that good. And if anything happens, right, they can just press it with their feet, mm-hmm. not alerting the robber. And they also are, like, taught to handle this kind of situation by just saying yes to everything, giving them the money because their life yeah. is at most more important than the money. Yeah. And then to like take down their facial features or what clothes are they wearing and which where which um direction they are running towards. Yeah, to just like help see, the police later. But the distress button they were really clever. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it for today's story you guys. Thank you so much for listening. See you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.